And welcome to the Coaches Quarter. I'm Jason Flores, and I'm here with the coaches from Endurance Lab to bring you what's going on in this week's lab. So on the on the line, I've got Taya, Andrea, Mitch, and Ian. We're going to go a quick roundabout, figure out and find out what's going on with their weeks as far as coaches. Taya, what do you got going on this week? Hey, everyone. So this week, I am back at uh, some high-intensity work. Um, I had a bit of an easier week the week before. And so uh, this was a quick ramp up for me, still with kids off school. So uh, trying to manage all of that. Um, but it's been quite intense already. And uh, I might be racing on Saturday. So that's it for me. Oh, that's exciting. Is that the are you racing outside? Or are you racing online? Taya? I'm racing the Odiva's ladies race on Saturday indoors in Zwift. Definitely check that out. Check that out. That's a 5.05 a.m. Pacific time. If you um, are looking for a race on Saturday morning for us riders, um, definitely check that out. I will be on broadcasting that with uh, Chris Haskell if everything goes all and well. All right. Andrea's got a solid Internet connection. She's got all her legs and fingers and toes pointed in the right direction. Andrea, what did you have going on this week? I have a hectic week, actually. Every day I have two sessions to fit in between the swim, bike, run, and the weight training. So I'm sitting here with wobbly arms after doing loads of push-ups and pull-ups this morning and a swim. Um, started the week with some racing, actually, on Zwift because I just felt like after a week off. And it was I really saw the fruits of all the hard work with the endurance lab when I was able to break from the men and hold my break for 4K. And none of them wow. caught me towards the end. So that's, awesome. that's thanks to you guys. So because I knew awesome. I knew if I tried to sprint with them, they'd be more powerful than me. So yeah, it was oh, yeah. fun. So busy. that's awesome. That's great. All right, Mitch. Mitch, here's here's a tissue for you. Uh, tell me what's going on. <laughs> yeah, so uh, so I traveled last week uh, for a family vacation, and uh, I think I picked up a cold on the way back. But uh, still trying to be disciplined as far as getting back into my workout routine. Maybe trying to take a little bit easier uh, this week as I hopefully get through a cold, eat a lot of vitamin C, and really take care of myself. But uh, really, my goal this week is to really start the year off right and and really kind of hit my workouts and get in a pattern of consistent training. And that's really what I'm trying to focus on here in January. That's awesome. Those are some great goals. And I'm sure a lot of our lab riders have very similar goals. Um, let me grab Ian. He's probably done with his third workout. And it's only 7 a.m. Ian, Ian, what's what's going on this week other than uh, multiple workouts per day? Actually, this is a recovery week for me after 1,090 or 1,040 TSS last week. Um, I'm also recovering from a slight cold. We had a um, the weather dipped into the low 70s, high 60s in the morning here. <laughs> oh, that's the weekend, so cold. So. Oh, my gosh. But, that's so bad for you. But most importantly, what it was, my neighbors decided to party from Thursday till Monday night, 10, a, or 10 p.m. to 4 in the morning. So we didn't get what we call sleep um, during the height of my hot, hard week. So I had to recover from a cold, and now I'm getting back into it, even in about a five to 600 TSS week this week. As well hey, as plan, I got... I got. I have four of my athletes that are just starting their train up for ITU Worlds now, so getting their plans going too. Yeah, I don't feel bad for you and your temperatures. I woke up this morning and looked at it says it's minus five in a real feel minus seventeen. So wow, and that's Fahrenheit. Wow, wow, wow. yeah, yeah that is Fahrenheit for all this. 
All right, all right. Well, it's nice that we're inside today, but we're going to jump into the lab and find out what's going on this week in the lab. We're going to start out with strength. I'm going to stay with Ian here as we're all warmed up. He's going to give us a little bit about what we did this week and what we should be feeling here at the end of the week. Ian, what do we got? All right, so we're on the uh, the tail end of our, our, our preseason build here with strength. We're, we're away from just building our, our raw power, and we're now actually into that muscular endurance. So now that we have some more strength, it's about making it last longer. So you'll see most of our workouts here are some of them we've done a little bit already, but now they're all going into back-to-back type exercises or no rest exercises. So you get through an entire set and just go straight through it. And you'll see the repetitions are, are going up a little bit. Um, and I know for some folks that's gonna, still going to be hard, but that's okay. The idea is pushing your body into that muscle fatigue and really stretching the boundaries. And that's going to be important as we, as we move into the base lab later on because you're going you're gonna to be using your core that we're building now. And we're taxing that now, so later on you're able to draw on that as you get into the uh, into the uh, uh, the power phase of our workouts. And one thing I do want to mention here: these are not just indoor workouts. You know, if you if you have a nice condo on the beach, you can go outside and do these on the beach. Like Stefan went out to a uh, lake a lake retreat that he did. He likes to call it a nice warm area. It was freezing temperatures. It was a lot of snow, and he was, I think, using Eskimos or igloos <laughs> to lift and move move them around. Um, it was it was pretty impressive watching him do that work in the snow. He says it's him. I think it's hard to tell because he's completely covered head to toe in snow gear. But we're just gonna have to take his word for it. But those, it's a really impressive video. If you're if you're on the endurance lab uh, forum, you really need to go check it out. It's it's pretty awesome. I'll never do that. That's not gonna happen. Yeah, definitely keep an eye out. Stefan's really got his um, streaming game up and going, too. So we've got another one to uh, share the pain with all of everybody as um, he goes on live. So definitely look at that. I know he does a lot of rides with um, Mitch as well for um, the Euro decaf ride. So definitely check that out. It's um, the cool part, Jason, with his with his streaming, they're on that, that 360 cam, so you can move it around mm-hmm. on YouTube. And you can yeah. you don't have to watch him. You can just check out the cool things he has in his basement. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> he definitely... Definitely has an envious room, envious room. As far as on strength, um, you know, I'm still on um, the two-a-day workouts, and it's funny because I'll finish the workout and be like, yes, I did well. And then by lunchtime, I'm like, I can't really move very well anymore. <laughs> but I'm definitely getting through the workouts a little bit better, and I think some of the input that I got from our riders, they are getting it um, through and understanding the movements, and I think the video is helping. So every and head to that YouTube channel. We've got a couple videos. We've got variations, short versions of the workout to get an, an idea. We've got Ian's full workout version. And if it's not, if it's going really slow as Ian's doing it, I understand. You can speed it up. You can go 1.2. I know it's, it's hard because it goes really slow during the video. So just <laughs> speed it up as if we need. All right. All right. Let's go over um, to Taya to talk about a little bit all about the workouts from this week and what we should have been getting out of those. Um, Taya, take it away. So we got uh, two main uh, bike workouts, the high cadence workout and another SST. So talking about the 555 high cadence, this is the one where riders who are typically not used to riding at higher cadence felt the most. And that's because you spent five minutes in high cadence, five times. So we're talking 25 minutes for the duration of the workout. You did have five minutes rest in between, which is plenty, but still it is higher volume in high cadence that most people are used to. So I got a lot of comments and saw also on the uh, forum that people had a hard time um, with this one, particularly, like I said, the ones who do not usually um, ride at higher cadence. 
And if this was also a workout that was done and, and over time, right? Like everything else, it's a skill that you build over time. I remember the first time I did this workout and it felt quite hard, but I've been working a lot on high cadence myself. And um, now I can, it was my, for example, yesterday when I uh, uh, did this one on the workout module, and by the way, we had many writers from the endurance lab join, which was excellent uh, from Europe. Uh, we had uh, Lise and Tom side by side joining in. We had Michelle. And so um, for me, it was my second workout of the day and it felt just fine. So just keep that in mind is something to come back to from time to time. And uh, I think uh, even Andrea had some experience with that in doing that workout after a run, right, Andrea? Yeah, I'd had quite a hilly, very, very windy run that morning and then a very long day at work. And I, my legs were, I actually made myself do four perfect and I cut the fifth one. I just, I was fatiguing too much. So I kept the quality um, and just cut it five minutes short. If that's okay. Is that yeah. True? Yes. <laughs> well, the other thing you can do, and this is something I told Michelle on the ride, is it's not super low power either for the intervals. It's about 90% of FTP. So you could um, worry a bit less about the power itself and focus on that high cadence and make sure that you're hitting that. Um, yeah, and that's what I, I, I went over with folks when I was leading this uh, group workout was, if you're not hitting, if you can't hit that cadence, drop your power and just the, the target is the cadence. That's what matters. Everything else is secondary. Right. Right. And I guess that brings up a good question or the perpetual question of, um, you know, ERG on versus off, you know, fighting the computer to push and let you, you go to that higher. So what are you guys riding or what are you guys recommending when you're, when you're doing these workouts for our riders? I, I did it erg off. Um, yeah. Because I, I knew I was a little fatigued going into this one. I just wanted to not worry about my power. Um, and to be honest, though, what I, I was also looking at was doing it with the erg off made me also focus on my power and cadence and my gear management. So for me, I was mm-hmm. trying to add a, an additional portion to this, um, right. just a little bit of a technical aspect. But for if you're struggling with the power on this one, I would say go the er- erg off if, if, it's, if that power is going to be an issue. Right. Right. Yes. And I switch. Yeah, go ahead, Taya. You have anything else there? No, I was going to move on to the next one. In fact, talking in, about ERG on the SST, I don't know if you had anything on the kind yeah. of Jason. Yeah. No, go ahead. So the SST workout for this week was one of the most dense workouts we've done so far. And what I mean by dense is spending a lot of time in that sweet spot range, even though it was a ramp up and uh, there was a bit of a break on a long 17-minute block, it wasn't much of a reprieve. So... That's another workout that when you're off ERG mode and well, first of all, it's good to have ERG because then you're on sort of like that constant power and pattern for 10 minutes. But on the other hand, if you're a little bit fatigued, you're not allowed to take a mini breaks. And, and these micro breaks, when you have a long block, let's say the 10 minutes at 88%, which is, is a deceiving number. You say, Oh, it's 88. It's not super. It's not so bad. It almost sounds like tempo. But really, when you're grinding at 10 minutes of that, you start to fatigue pretty quickly. If you're off work, you can take micro breaks. And those might be seconds, seconds that you change your cadence a little bit and the power goes a little bit up or a little bit down by 5, 10 watts. You're still within the range. And that can help you get through that block. So we did that. We did 10 minutes at 88, took one minute break, went to five minutes at 91, one minute break, two minutes at 95. So by the time you hit the 95, your legs are already tired. So this was a great, great workout um, to be pushing on working on tired legs there. 
And, yeah, and I think one yeah. of the things to include to think about that too, why it makes it so difficult. If you do the math on that one, you're at 19 minutes and probably your average is not that far off of, you know, 90%. So you start looking, this is closer to an FTP test than, than you think. So that's what makes it so hard. Right. It is. Yeah, both mentally and physically on the numbers. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, one thing I did want to bring up um, between the 555 and the SST is um, I'm trying to educate people on how to get a feel for the difference between ERG on and off and how to change the um, for the main thing that we're doing our workouts on is how to change it while you're in the game. And for those people, um, for the record, it's arrow up on the keyboard on the desktop. You cannot do it from mobile. Mobile, you can only do it from the computer, arrow up, and it'll allow you um, a couple choices there if you are in ERG to switch it on or off. So something to look at during some of your workouts um, if you want to try it either way. Um, so with that, we'll go ahead and slide on over to um, the, the mental skills part of this, the mental, the mental grit, as uh, Coach Lass likes to bring it. If you have not checked out this video, definitely head on over to um, the Endurance Lab forum and check it out. I'm only going to share a little bit of what he has uh, to say because he's got much better um, way to kind of bring this to you but he he challenges us every week mentally to uh, kind of go to that place or go to that go to that that um, place of suck as he calls it and try to find how to find ourselves to get out of that and then um, some cues there so this week he went through um, going through what's called a mind check for him and he gives us three techniques specifically I'm just going to kind of tease with one of them here and he talks about asking about where you're at and something that making sure you're in the right mindset for a workout. Um, make sure you've got the things that you need to be thinking about and just a checklist of things like when you get on the bike, the things are the same and it's time to turn yourself on and everything else is off. The social media is gone, all that distraction. Um, so just something like that. So head on over to the forum um, and check that out from Coach Lass. Some really, really great information there. So um, he's got three tips and um, we can go from there uh, and really get some good information there. All right, let's roll over to hot topics in the lab. I wanted to start off um, this in a conversation here between the coaches, a little bit about um, how this lab is kind of laid out overall, kind of the big picture look at it, and how um, the TSS is, is building over these six weeks, and how that relates to CTL. It was a really good question um, brought up by um, Brett, and a lot of riders who are familiar with TSS and CTL build um, are are looking at um, their numbers, and it may be actually declining. Um, I was hoping we can give them some tips on how we we can keep that even or even rise during this time, um, not necessarily kind of just staying with what we had. So maybe I'll throw it to Ian here and talk about the six-week TSS build. If you can help some of those riders figure out um, what more or what less we can do during the week, Ian. Yeah, Jason, um, this is this is a portion where, like we specifically talked about earlier, was this is a preseason build. So it's about getting your body strong, getting your body back into it without overtaxing the system. So we are trying to limit our TSS build or our CTL build too much too fast because we really want to be able to take advantage of, of the specific things we're doing, the specificity of this part of the training so that later on we can build off that strength and, and make it a well-rounded uh, build. But there are things you can do. There's always This is always a great time to add in some extra little zone two runs, zone two rides. Um, you can do some nice easy swims. What I'd like to add in are nice couple thousand straight swims where I really try and focus on my technique. Um, if you're not into those kind of things, you can just get in and work it work on your efficient pedal stroke while you're doing a nice zone two easy ride with a few surges in there just to kind of wake the body up and get the blood flowing so you don't get bored. But everything should be focused on developing a base skill set because we're not at the point right now in our training where we're really trying to build our fitness. We're building our base skills. 
And I think that's the important part that everyone has to understand of where we are in the year right now. Right. Oh, let's go ahead, Terry. I'll add to that too, to say that even though, you know, if you, you, you have your training picks premium and you're looking at your charts and you're looking at your numbers and you're seeing the line, uh, sort of going down in CTL, but really what is not being reflected in that graphic and that number is all the work that you're doing off the bike. You're doing all the strength work. That's, there's, there's cost and fatigue that goes into that, right? So you are not high intensity on the bike, but you have all these other things that you're working on that's taking a toll on your body as well. And really, this is the time of the year that you can quote unquote afford to spend time building the skills, building um, the strength off the bike. Because later on in the year, if you're close to your events, you, are not going to have much time to do it. So the goal is, as you're working with structure and you're always building skills. So it's not that you're just taking intensity down and watching TV for the rest of the time. You're continuing to build skills okay. to become a better cyclist. That's exactly. And that's a good point. And that goes on to our second point here, where you may see kind of your TSS level out, whether it be, you know, that 300 level, that 400 level, but it would be different if you were just not riding or not doing structure or not doing stuff off the bike. So the, again, those numbers don't show exactly what's going on. But for those who are on the basic plan, you're just looking at even numbers across the board and making sure you're getting that um, the TSS stress at the end of the week, um, that summary number or that total TSS per a week, um, either even or slightly increased from the week before, but we're looking at small amounts. We're looking at anywhere from 25 to even up to 50 at the most, adding those zone two, um, just in a space period, just because we're doing so much other stuff off the bike. So the things to look at, um, like we had that post in the forum, we were looking at TSS per workout and intensity factor per workout. And then also I wanted to add looking at the TSS per week, that total number, and kind of getting an, a gauge for um, anywhere from basic or even to our premium members on training peaks, understanding that um, small build over time and understanding what that TSS feels like every week. Because as we go on into the programs, it's going to be important to see what a 400 feels like, what a 300 feels like, what a 1,000 feels like for some riders, and finding out that even point. So even though the numbers may look like they're decreasing for our premium members on the CTL, but overall, we just want to make sure that stress stays even and that, uh, that we're, we're kind of um, just gaining on the structure side. I'm going to pass this on over to Taya, and um, we're going to talk about um, Training Peaks Premium and the things that, um, that we should look at and uh, what benefits we have there. Taya, tell us a little bit about, about uh, that premium service that we're talking about. So one of the questions that I received, uh, that we received on the uh, forum here is, as an athlete, I have a basic Training Peaks account. Should I be doing, should I be going for a premium account? And what's the advantage of doing that, right, as, as an athlete? And so the... Premium account obviously will provide with much more data. And the thought here is you, you have to crawl before you walk, you have to uh, walk before you run, etc. So at first, having the basic account is great and looking at those numbers that Jason just mentioned. But then once you get access to premium, the good thing about it is I think from two perspectives. One, you can see your single like, workouts that you do. Um, there's a nice graph that you can see per workouts to see how well we hit the targets. You can see your cadence in each one of them, and you can see how the stress score is for that particular workout, but also throughout the week, what that adds up to be. And you can enter in other metrics, such as nutrition. How well did you eat? How well did you sleep? Did your legs feel fresh, et cetera? So that over time, 
you're going to start to see a pattern and learn more about yourself as an athlete and put the pieces of the puzzle together. Because of course, it's not just about the Watts. It's about the athlete as a whole and everything else that you have going on. So perhaps you didn't do well in the workout, not because you're fatigued in your legs, you're fatigued in your mind because you have other things going on. And then um, once you start to get more seasoned with that from a premium account, you're able to look at the bigger picture on training load for the week. Um, are you, or what's your freshness over, you know, after three or four weeks of uh, intense workouts? And you, you learn to, to read those numbers a little bit more. And then you can get into some planning. Oh, I want to do a race or two. And uh, how do I plan my races? Now, this is something that takes quite a bit of time to understand and be able to plan out. At the beginning, you might need help understanding. But I think overall, having that sort of information available, if you're serious about your training, is going to make you, I think, more motivated. And um, is it necessary? It's not. And if you have, you know, you're doing a, a structured training program, such as this one in a lab, you have the coaches doing all the work in terms of looking at TSS, et cetera, but the, so you don't need it. But the advantage of having it, you're looking at yourself on an individual basis. Yeah, absolutely. One thing to talk about, I guess, um, kind of the nuts and bolts of it is um, how much does premium cost? So um, with a, um, with a, the premium uh, membership, the annual membership, um, straight from Chaining Peaks, it's a $120 for an annual supply, an annual supply, um, an annual subscription. Um, but we do have some programs with a um, Team ODZ and Endurance Lab. Um, if you're interested in that, um, you can reach out to one of us on how you can get up to um, a, a percentage off, and it can lower it down to around $8 a month, which makes it pretty cheap. So um, let us know if you're interested in that, and we can reach out to you and kind of get that information. But really inexpensive. You're looking at eight, eight, anywhere from 8 to $10 a month for an annual subscription of Training Peaks. Um, and I'm sure we have kind of a hodgepodge of um, riders that have both basic and both premium, but both still getting everything just because if you have the coaching, that's the part that's doing the work. But if you like to have some insight into it, um, that next step would be from uh, Training Peaks Premium on the user side. So that would be you guys um, watch, looking at it. Right, and take All a look right. at the, their website real quick, Jason. Take a look at yeah, the Olympics yeah, website because it's very user friendly, and they've got things explained in a uh, in a easy way. So uh, you could take a read there too to see uh, if that makes sense for you. Right, and they do have trials and and so forth. So you could do a trial, um, like if you are a new user, um, and get um, a like a month or times um, free. And there's some codes out there to try. Um, so try it out and see if you like. Like it. If you don't, you could always go back um, and take it and, um, and not use it. So, all right, shifting gears here, we're going to go over to Andrea. Um, she's going to talk about the new year. Um, I know we've got, all got resolutions um, for this coming year. Um, we're on the 5th of January, so the gym should be clearing out by next week, right, Andrea? <laughs> so uh, if uh, she can give us a little bit of information about kind of, um, you know, nutritionally, what should we be doing or how can we keep these goals going moving forward? I'm going to take it one step sideways first because two people on this call mentioned having colds. So quick tip <laughs> on the colds. <laughs> Herbs are amazing. Echinacea angustifolia, Sambucus nigra, olive leaf extract, which is called Olea eurepia, um, are amazing as antivirals and antibacterials. Some people find um, bitter cherry, Montmorency cherry, uh -huh. good. Um, you can put it into hot water mm. if you want. And I know, Jason, you've spoken about bitter cherry for recovery. 
Um, mm-hmm. But anecdotally, a couple of people have said, oh, when I start to get a cough or cold, I, I start getting in more bitter cherry and they find it really, really good. And you can't overdose on something like that. Even up to four times a day is, I mean, it's food. So it's, it's perfectly fine. Um, one that's a little unusual for people to wrap their heads around is a sunbed. Um, mm. The Germans have done a lot of research on using sunbeds to increase vitamin D for strength and performance. Um, I'm sure they might have been doing other things as well, but they <laughs> they got really good benefits from it. But you'll get a, a very high dose of naturally formed vitamin D from the UVB rays, um, UVA, sorry, if you do a sunbed, um, which will help beat a virus quite quickly. So as soon as you start to see the symptoms, um, if you do a sunbed, it can really, really help to to fasten up your rate of recovery from a cold. I if if I do that, I normally just cover my face. Um, high dose vitamin C is another one. You can go up to about 10 grams with that, um, just in the acute phase. So all of those things will definitely help. Um, and just watching your listening to your body, you know, and if it starts to sink down onto the chest or get you get a lot of headaches with the sinuses, you probably need to cut back on the training. So I don't know if those things help. Do any of you guys do any of those? I, I do the pirate version of that. Um, it's called rum, and that seems to help too. <laughs> that's where uh, that's what uh, that Ian puts all his herbs in in the rum. Is, what, is how he does it. That's right. You should do Jägermeister then. Oh my god! <laughs> Remind me sometime of my Jägermeister story. Not not involved drinking it, but a, but a finishing a half marathon. Oh my God! Um, our our go to uh, um, here in the in the Flores household is um, um, take vitamin C till your poop goes soft. <laughs> um, yeah. Oil of oregano, oil of oregano herbs um, and echinacea um, are kind of our go to, and it's really helped. I would say over the last four or five years, um, and it, it's been safe even for my toddler um, at five years old. Um, a small dose has really helped, and he's just getting a better understanding of um, we're not needing to run to grab antibiotics or. Um, getting something to help um, the symptoms and um, really getting down to understanding what can help us. So really good to kind of dig into that. And you can uh, go back and listen to all the little herbs that um, she mentioned. And um, Andre's got a really good resource there um, as well. So oh, we had a second um, yeah, topic as well, right? Regular. Starting in the new year? Yeah. So now is a really good time to do a bit of an audit on where you are. So a lot of athletes even the professional ones never get blood tests done. And I feel they're really, really important. And things I'd be asking for in a blood test would be to get a baseline of your vitamin D. Um, because I know a lot of people take vitamin D supplements, but some people are naturally high and some people are very, very low. Some people shoot up really quick on a supplement and others are really slow responders. So it's quite important to know where your level is. Um, in Ireland, I've noticed that people that carry the hemochromatosis gene, which is common here, or a redhead tend to have naturally high vitamin D for whatever reason. We definitely don't get much sunshine here. Um, the next one to look at is your vitamin B12 and your ferritin. And these are often missed off of a standard blood test. And they're so important for all of your oxygen dynamics to help all of the work that you're doing on the bike. You're sort of shooting. Every lab has a different normal range, but you're shooting for B12 midway between the bare minimum and the maximum. You want it at least halfway for optimal. And for ferritin, for an athlete, you're shooting for at least 65 to 80. Um, I think that's nanograms per mil. Nanograms, um, right. A lot of doctors won't diagnose a deficiency until you're on the floor, and I feel that that's too low for an athlete. Um, you start to notice symptoms 
Then you're getting your standard iron, red blood cell, white blood cell differential. The white blood cells can get impacted by heavy training or viruses or infections, so it's important to keep an eye on those. Liver function tests, thyroid, and your hormones. Um, and if you're unsure of reading the tests, I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'll help people out if you want to chat away about it on the forum. Um, because I've just found in the medical world, a lot of things get missed. Um, uh-huh. Next one that everyone wants to avoid after Christmas is getting your body comps assessed. Um, your weight tells you very, very little compared to finding out what your actual body composition is. Because as your season progresses, you want to make sure that you're holding your muscle mass and you're reducing your body fat. Um, and the good thing is everyone here is doing strength work, so there should be improvements to that. Um, I would recommend bioelectrical impotence, which can also give you hydration stats, DEXA, BODPOD, or a skin calipers will tell you about what's going on on the surface, so that will also work. Um, so that's your start, and I would recommend getting that done maybe every two or three months. And focusing on that almost more than the weight on the scales, because this, this is really valuable information. Then looking at your nutrition, and you need to take a really good, honest look at where you are and where you can improve and set yourself weekly goals, just just small, manageable, consistent goals. And a lot of people's issues are around time, preparation, and making it a priority. So have a look at where you are and where you can improve. And your main goal is to keep foods as natural as possible, and most people can do with improving their vegetable intake. And then maybe upskilling, getting better at cooking stuff, preparing stuff. We were talking about the portables, um, Scratch Labs portables recipe book, which is a great one if, you know, if you're using a lot of pre-made nutrition on the bike, maybe start making your own. And that way you're actually not only getting calories and energy, but you're getting in goodness at the same time, which is important. Um, having a look at your sleep. A lot of us aren't getting enough hours. Athletes need more and most athletes actually take less because they're trying to fit everything in during the day so maybe get a bit more disciplined at getting into bed between half 10 and, and 11 and getting you know shooting for your eight to nine hours i know it's not always possible but half 10 and 11 andrea <laughs> nine o'clock yeah <laughs> uh we're ter- in ireland we're the other way around we're so bad because it's dark here until nine and nine in the morning but yes oh, whatever way it works wow. with your clock <laughs> Um, yeah. So working on your sleep, um, and definitely you have to get into bed before midnight because even your um, your gut bugs operate on a day night cycle. So you're throwing everything off if you can't get sleep at the right time. Um, this is going to be challenging. I don't know if we have any shift workers um, or people that might be doing crazy hours where they're doing night work and 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 that's shifting around with morning work, but that can have a significant impact on your recovery, your health, and your performance. So sometimes you might need to adjust your workout plans to let yourself get the recovery. Focusing on recovery and then honesty. <laughs> Looking at how you're going to track all of this and creating some structure. Um, there's just a couple of tips. I don't know. Does that resonate with anyone? Oh, oh, definitely, Andrea. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of in that evaluation phase. Um, you know, my season for triathlon came to a screeching halt due to a running injury last year and, and kind of like put on the pounds as the year went on. And and uh, really in that phase right now where I'm trying to improve my diet and recognize that sleep has always been a, a scarce commodity in my house. And and really all these things that you're saying are speaking to me. And what I actually find really fascinating is is the next two subjects we're going to talk about and what you just spoke about and what Taya spoke about, they all go together, right? You just talked about um, 
tracking everything. And, and you know, what Taya talked about with Training Peaks is a, is a great way to do that. And we're going to talk about cold and flu season and so many of the things you're talking about dovetail into how do you stay healthy. So I think it's it's awesome. Yeah. Actually, um, something interesting that we're starting to do in our house, because Garen is racing Kona this year, and I've got him. Um, we're starting to track his heart rate variability. and. Mm-hmm. He's going to be getting once it's released. The it's called a core sense, so it's like a finger um, heart mm-hmm. um, heart rate variability monitor. It doesn't require any straps or heart, um, actually putting on you know your your regular straps so that he can just do it every morning. And Training Peaks can you can load that into Training Peaks. So we're trying to have a look at how his recovery may be impacted on the days he's doing longer hours or he might have a lot of driving because these are the things that throw everything life <laughs> so we're just going to see how that is impacting everything else because training peaks is super for looking at all of our scores but it, it can't measure for life yeah i mean that's that's great comment i mean i read an article earlier in the week that was really talking about the difference between age group athletes and pro athletes remembering that pro athletes we want to mimic them and we want to try to be like them but so much you know of what they're doing it's their occupation Right. And that's their job is to train. But as age group athletes, we're, we're amateurs and, and we have a life. Right. You just mentioned um, we've got to go to work and we've got to take care of the kids and and we've got to, you know, have our life. But we also want to have this athletic uh, endeavor that we're doing. So it's so important to try to find that balance. Definitely. Yeah. And and with that balance, you know, we need to have the, the tools um kind of in the bag to make sure that we keep, like Andrea is saying, our immune system strong, uh, making sure that um, we have those things available at the house. So um, we're going to quickly jump over to Mitch, um, and he mentioned about dealing with cold and flu, kind of working with what Andrea had said. Um, I'm going to bring him into the, call, into the talk here about um, some of the tips that we want to share with our lab riders, with the weather kind of um, getting a little a bit cooler, under 70s here in California as well, so it can get really <laughs> bad. Um, so, Mitch, tell me, how am I not going to get sick with all, you know, <laughs> Arctic weather here in California? Yeah, so, I mean, I think the key thing to remember is that we're all going to be exposed in the northern hemisphere. Um, you know, everyone's got their cold and flu season, and when it's cold and flu season, you're going to be exposed. So you, you got to really start thinking about prevention, and you've got to start remembering, especially as we get into more intense workouts, that there's a period of time around your workouts where you're more susceptible. So if you're doing a real tough, challenging workout, from three to 72 hours even, your immune system can be a little suppressed, and you can be more susceptible to picking up a cold. So what you want to do is really think about prevention and being hypervigilant this time of year. Um, you know, Andrew mentioned uh, vitamin D, uh, vitamin C, healthy diet, real food. So make sure you're getting your colored vegetables um, in your meal plan, right? So you're actually eating a real diet with real good foods. Uh, sleep, we talked about sleep already. Uh, eight to 10 hours. I, I know that's crazy for a lot of us. It's, it's crazy for me because I usually get six on a good night. Um, and I've got to find a way to get more sleep because otherwise you're really dragging yourself down and you're opening yourself up to more illness. Um, thinking about hydration and electrolytes where you're working, you've got to remain hydrated. Make sure you're getting your electrolytes. And if it's the appropriate uh, kind of workout where you need nutrition, you need to get your nutrition in workout. And then also post-workout, make sure you're getting good recovery nutrition. Um, then the other thing to think about too is because it really helps, I think, with the stress and with the recovery is, is massage. Um, make sure you're working those muscles out, but also the compression if necessary. And these are all things that we've talked about in past coaches' corners. 
The other things that also contribute kind of to um, the stress on the body and the susceptibility to colds is like crash diets or really trying to lose weight rapidly uh, during the cold and flu season. Um, you're just really putting more stress on the body and opening yourself up to the chance that you're going to get sick. Um, the other one that we always deal with as coaches here is overtraining or, or trying to do too much. We've, we've built this training plan to be kind of thoughtful and to bring you along and to really add the stress in an appropriate fashion. Going out and doing three races in addition to the workout is not a recipe for success, especially this time of year. Um, and then there's some really obvious ones. Uh, stay away from sick people. Um, the next one here, or next couple, are my wife's favorites, which is wash your hands frequently. Um, you know, you're out to eat and you touch a menu. I've read that menus at restaurants are some of the dirtiest things uh, possibly you can touch. Um, no one in my family does anything after they order their food except clean their hands. Um, but the other thing, which is my wife's biggest pet peeve about me, is don't touch your face, um, yeah, your eyes or your mouth. Um, you know, you, you're, you're touching things nonstop with your hands. And, and, you know, we're always rubbing our face or our eyes. And, and you're just moving those germs to your face where you're going to get sick. And really, the don't, don't be afraid to be the freak like I am on the airplane. I roll in, I sit down, I, I put my backpack away, I pull out my wet wipes, I clean yep. the arms of the chair, I clean the table. We do too. Yeah. <laughs> we, we brought bleach wipes on airplanes before. So, yeah. yep. <laughs> and then I mean, the parent really life, overriding, parent life. Yeah, the overriding <laughs> parent life. The overriding theme here is reduce your stress this time of year, and that goes into what we're talking about with the training plan, right? We we've, we've reduced the stress in some fashions. We're adding strength but we're going to ramp into the season. So take advantage of this time of year, work on your drills, work on the things that are going to make you a better, more efficient athlete. And the stress is going to come as the season uh, continues. Then, uh, you know, really quick, and we can talk about this more in the future if we want, but there's just a real general rule of thumb. If you're sick above the neck, it's okay to work out easy. Um, you know, some people would say that you should really keep it in zone one, zone two, really kind of take that by how you feel. Um, but you need to dial back a little bit if you're dealing with like a head cold and if it's below the neck. So if it's in your chest or in your throat, um, you really need to just rest. I, I know it's hard for a lot of us to just, you know, to go kind of radio silent and just stop working out, but you need to get better. And if you've got a below the neck illness, you need to give yourself at least a day once you're better before you start jumping back in and you need to ramp up slow. You don't want to do what I did last November and be sick for the whole month. Definitely a difficult time for any of our athletes um, as well as coaches. Um, it's a difficult time. Um, so watching out for those, those are some really, really good tips there, Mitch. Um, and it's actually kind of puts together um, a couple of the articles that we've gone over in the feed zone. One being um, how to keep your immune system strong. Um, and second, that's actually coming out tomorrow, um, trying to understand anemia and our iron um, levels and iron deficiency for us endurance athletes. So definitely check those out both on Swift Live as well as in the Endurance Lab. We'll be um, playing those there and it kind of sums up and brings in together what Andre was talking about, what Mitch was talking about, and um, kind of put it into a nice little um, quick podcast or um, video that you want to watch. So with that, and we talked about it a little bit earlier, we are talking about um, pulling the plug on a workout if it's not going the right direction, if you're not feeling it all out. Um, so even so, even Ian um, has some tips on um, when we need to pull it out and if we need to pull out of a workout. So Ian, tell us when it's okay or if is it not okay. It's never okay, Jason. You do the workout to the letter every single time. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, 
that's, that's ridiculousness uh, because some days you just don't have it. And there's a lot of reasons you don't have it. You know, it can be, I haven't slept for four days. I've been eating stuff I shouldn't be eating. It can be, I'm starting to come down with a cold. It can be, I'm having crazy stress at work. It could be, I'm fighting with my family members. It doesn't really matter. There's a lot of things that can make you physically or mentally not there for the workout. And so the way I've always, the way I had a buddy of mine who's a, a top level runner, he always told me, give it 15 minutes. If after 15 minutes, you're just not getting, you're not there, you're not in it, then pull the plug because you're not going to do a good workout. You're going to miss your targets, which is going to make you angry or drive you into a deeper problem. Maybe you just need a little rest or some food and you can come back and hit it later. So 15 minutes isn't really going to tax your system any. Or maybe that's a sign of you're, you're slightly overtrained or you're coming down with something. So therefore you need to pull it. And, and that 15 minutes gets you past that initial workout phase. It gets you into that point where the blood flow is going or should be going. And if you're still not able to really just generate that, that whatever you need for the workout, then, then, it, then it's not worth it. You're not going to get anything out of the workout. So that's what I use as my 15-minute rule. For running, I'll generally keep it about 10 minutes because I don't want to get too far away from home. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so about 10 minutes in running out, if I'm just not feeling it, I turn around, I, I, I drop the pace significantly off, and I just slow jog my way back home. And, you know, and that's, it's something I don't do that often, but I, I will tell you that it happens probably once every six to eight weeks where I have a workout where I, I just pull the plug on it and say, let's either do it later or let's just skip it all together. And when you're in a mid, the middle of a big training volume block, sometimes you just skip it all together because you don't need to go back and get reattack that 50 or 60 TSS points. You know, at the end of the day, missing one run or missing one bike or one swim is that's not going to be that that deciding factor of how how successful you are on the race. It's, it's the big picture you got to look at. So it's okay to to bail on a workout. It's okay to not do it. It's just not okay to make that a consistent habit. Right. And um, one thing that is um, built in to all of our endurance lab workouts is there's actually a 15-minute warm-up um, in each of the workouts that takes you through the same um, three zones that you warm up every almost every single workout that we have. And so you can go, you can roll yourself through those three little zones and see how you feel after that 10 to 15 minutes. And it's the same one. So you should feel the same one when you're completely rested versus fatigued at the end of the week or if you're doing a two, um, two workout day. Get to see how you feel during our warm ups and that you'll be able to replicate that every single time and then be able to go back to that feeling and see, do I need to pull the plug or how do I feel fatigued or man, this feels great. Let's get on with this workout. So and, really and great. Jason, I think what's really important too is how you feel before you start your workout and how you feel in the first minute or two is not mm -hmm. necessarily, necessarily indicative of how the workout's going to go. Some mm -hmm. of my best workouts, I've gone there just dragging my butt to the, to the track or to the pool going, oh, I don't want to do this. I hate this. Why am I out here? I don't want to be even out of bed yet. And you know, and all of a sudden I'll have the best workout I've had ever. Uh, and I'll set all kinds of, you know, PRs for that, that block or even, even, uh, life-wise. So like I said, that, that first 10 to 15 minutes, you gotta, you gotta give it that 10 to 15 minutes. Cause if you don't, you may be pulling the plug when your body just needs a little bit of warm up time.
Yeah, some good points. Um, I know we had one more thing on, on Ian's um, talk here. Um, he wanted to tell us a little bit about how to get through that long, long laundry list of combination exercises as it just kept scrolling and scrolling, and I thought yeah. I was at the end and I wasn't. So <laughs> tell us, tell us, Ian, how, how can we get through this, and, and what, is it, what is it doing for us and uh, for the overall big picture? Yeah, so when you, when you approach the combination exercises, you have to approach it like one of these, uh, one of Taya's famous you know, 27-step SST blocks. Um, <laughs> you have to you have to take it, it in a measured perspective in a measured uh, way if you have you know 15 20 10 50 whatever whatever the reps are you do not want to start out the combination exercise workout like a crazy person you know you want to yeah. start out measured you want to start out understanding that you need to be able to put out the same level 30 minutes from now or 25 minutes from now so there's no reason to try and knock out your your 15 or 20 reps as fast as humanly possible, you know, with throwing out as much, as much power as possible in the first minute or two. So as you, as you see this, this is part of what we're doing. This muscular endurance, muscular fatigue is trying to teach your body to endure and last that whole time, that whole 25 to 35 minutes, because it does you no good if you have great five second power, if you can't get to that five second power point at the end of the race. And that's what we're really doing with these combination exercises. We're developing that, that core capability, that full body strength capacity that is going to last you through that big enduring time of a race or an event when you need that to get to that point where you can unleash your five-second sprint or your, your five-minute attack like Andrea did, you know, smoking all the guys in that race. You know, that's, that's where you need to get to with that. And that's what these combination exercises are, are uh are going towards. So it's that steady pacing, that moderation of effort that you're not just blasting it all out right from the gun. Absolutely. So take your time, get your pacing right, just with um, any workout, um, making sure you get that right is really, really important. All right. We're going to move over to the lab route of the week. And I'm going to have Taya bring it into us. Um, we've got a really keen, I guess, um, appropriate said a really keen lady that we've got in the lab um, and she's got a really great story so Taya take it away with our lab rat of the week so our lab rat of the week is Maggie Keen Maggie has been I'll tell a little bit of uh, her progress here so it she's been very engaged in uh, the forum and the lab every week really and the highlight here for her story is um, at the beginning of the lab she mentioned how these strength workouts were very foreign to her they were, um, many of them were completely new. So having every single workout be so different than what she was used to doing before was something that uh, made her feel like she wasn't improving per se, because this is something, of course, if it's new, right, you don't do them very well probably at the beginning and you don't have anything to compare it to. And uh, so, but she had in her mind that she really wanted to incorporate that's the strength workout into her overall routine. And so she welcomed the exercises and uh, persevered through um, the workouts and um, including, you know, the fact that at the beginning she mentioned uh, the repetitions were a bit fast for her and et cetera. So she was sort of taking it at her own pace and making the modifications. And as more videos were added on with modifications, she went on with those. And at, at this point, she has been succeeding and uh, doing great with uh, the strength workouts. So kudos, Maggie. It's been, uh, you've been doing it, uh, all the right things. You adapted to uh, what you're used to doing before 
and are able to make progress with those off the bike workouts. Yeah, I might be wrong, but I think she's doing more pushups than Jason is now. (laughs) Yeah. I'm sure a lot of lab writers are doing more pushups than Jason. She does have a really cool page in cave. I did see a picture um, uh, as we were introducing um, each other in the lab. She's, She's got these cool um, yoga, are they called yoga straps? No, they're yoga, uh, let me go to it. Um, uh, what do they call it? Um, so she's got all kinds of things in her pain cave. She's got, last week we talked a little bit about her rocker plate. Um, super cool, um, if you haven't checked that out. Uh, um, and I'm also talking about something that, something hanging from the ceiling that you could do yoga on. I've, I've never done it, but I think it's super cool. She's got, a, she's got like a big, huge punching bag in the back, so definitely... You know, taking some pride in that pain cave, um, like we all do, kind of having our little space to go to. Um, that's a great job, Maggie, um, and congratulations. So keep, your, keep up the good work. So as we move over to um, On the Horizon, we're going to talk a little bit about next week and kind of what group workouts um, are going to be uh, presented to you guys, um, to the public. Um, the second thing I wanted to uh, maybe touch upon is um, we are hopefully... We're going to be talking a little bit about to some writers that are looking for other time periods that may not or time slots that might not be available. Um, we do have a way we can do kind of a quote unquote group workout where writers meet up at the line and start a workout. Um, we'll try to put some details um, on the forum to help you with that because um, it's been brought to our attention that writers do want to get together together and do group workouts and they're just trying to find out a way to get together with their other writers. Um, but with that, let's talk a little bit about the next week with two weeks left in the lab and kind of um, what's going on. So um, we can talk about that. Um. Yeah, so I'll take that on. The um, the one thing to keep in mind here, so next week we're going to go back to strength efforts. So we're going to be doing some more low cadence work. So like I said before, we've been alternating high cadence and low cadence. We're going to have another uh, cadence drill. And then the SST workout of the week is a longer workout. So now we are, as we head into the last two weeks of the lab, we, as the, the progression of uh, the workouts here and the uh, uh, time that we spend in Sweet Spot is going to increase. So the workout that we're going to have for SST is two hours long. Plan accordingly. And also, if you plan on doing, let's say, a race next week or a long ride that in Zwift that you like, make sure that you're leaving at least one day between that and the SST workout because that will be um, a bit on the uh, challenging side too. Yeah, and I would say if you have to stack anything, the um, the combina- combination exercises, no legs workout uh, can be stacked with the uh, single leg workout. That makes sense. All right. Oh, so... Um, Secondly, um, Mitch, if you could tell us a little bit about what's going on in group workouts and uh, what workouts we're going to be doing and who's going to be on. Um, we've got a schedule um, kind of a little bit ahead of time. Um, if you could tell the, the, the lab writers, what, what do we have going on next week in the module? Yeah, sure. So on uh, Tuesday at 530 in the morning uh, Eastern time, uh, I'll be leading Strength 214 in the uh, group workout module on Zwift. Uh, Ian will be doing the single leg workout at 515 Eastern Standard Time on Thursday. 
And also on Thursday at noon Eastern Standard Time, Taya will be doing the Strength 214 workout. And then we're also looking to have a workout um, in the afternoon on Sunday. Uh, we're still working on determining what workout that will be. It may not be one that is actually in the training plan. It may just be like a bonus workout that people can jump in and do together. Um, but uh, definitely look out for those. I'll also, um, I mean, you, you also know that uh, Timo Disease got all kinds of rides through the week if you're looking for uh, just a group to kind of hang with on a, on a Zone 2 ride. Yeah, so definitely look out for those rides. Um, so we are um, getting a little bit pruned or um, limited to the amount that we can put in the module just because so many groups are actually putting it in that um, group module on Zwift. So we are trying to work away, work around that. So once we come up with a solution, a good solution for you guys in the lab, we'll definitely let you know. So it looks like we've got that all wrapped up for today for the Coach's Corner. Um, we want to just a couple reminders. Use the Endurance Lab Forum. Um, get the information there check out the youtube um, videos the lab um, information there is great so a great resource definitely subscribe there um, try to keep yourself healthy over this time we've got a lot of comments today and a lot of questions about trying to stay healthy um, and the different things that we can do and this new turn of the year is the time to really motivate yourself um, to kind of take these new things on and make decisions that will allow you to to um, make it sustainable over the course of your season. And that's exactly what you've done by um, adding yourself to an endurance lab. Somewhere where you've got a community that will support you throughout the season. So I want to thank the coaches, everybody, today for their time. I want to thank you, lab riders, for your time today as well. Um, and with that, I'm going to go ahead and close the coaches' corner, and we'll see you next week. And everyone else, have a great week.
Survive.